Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Before Neila, I discussed for many years to dive in Rosh Hashanah Kippur. And hey, the Gekihilayish Kodesh and Woodmere. And her Weinberger said right before Neila, there was once a chassid who was singing this thing again with other chassidim. And he got up on the high part and he made a clap. And he said, Avinu Malkeinu, ain't lanu melech. Period. When you say those words, ain't lanu melech. What is this guy? It's crazy. How can he dare say those words even? But the niggin, it sounds like it. It's almost like, oh, how can you even say those words? And then the chassid started crying. We don't want a king. We just want you. We just want you. We know it's impossible. We know that we're Basar Vedam and we can't be masik what it means, you, just you. Without any shameless, without any descriptions. The only way we can relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is through Avinu, through Malkeinu, Pael Gevura, Yisraeli Yeshua, Yisraeli of course, that's the only way we can relate. But my Sha'ifa is Ella Atta, you, Ribbana Shalom, just you. And even if I know I'll never be able to get it, but at least let me spend my entire life wishing that for one moment, that for one moment I can reach that Ella Atta. Just that one moment of clarity, of knowing exactly who you are.
In the AM Thursday morning here at our Nahum Single Network Studios in New York City. Kapara that was done by uh, Avramel Avram Fried, the Portnoy brothers with Shlomo Katz had Shalom Aleichem, Bo brand new from Danny Palgon, Yaakov Shweki's Musica, Macha Bracha from Shmuley Unger, brand new Eitan Katz live in Jerusalem too with Avinu, and of course Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Thursday on this February the 6th, the 11th of Shvat, the year 5780. Tuba Shvat special this coming Monday between 6 and 9 a.m. right here at JM in the AM. 40 degrees, 93% humidity, winds in north at 10 miles per hour. Rain today with a high of 46 and tonight. Rain and a low of 44. Tomorrow morning showers and windy weather with a high of 56 degrees. Right now, Yerushalayim is at 61. We're at 40 in New York City, as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Welcome to a Thursday, everybody. A big Thursday. Jeremy Newberg is going to join us in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll find out how his project about Team Israel is doing. Uh, that's the baseball team representing Israel. It's heading to the Olympics. Nisim Black is going to join us at 8 o'clock. And I am told that um, other members of the black Jewish community are going to join us as well. And we will discuss black-Jewish relations during these tense times. Nisim Black will uh, will anchor that conversation coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. And Rabbi Shaul Rosen, who's founder of A Time, he'll stop by as well. 
Uh, we'll talk about their big event that's coming up and uh, how amazing an organization he runs. So a an action-packed Thursday, to say the least, here at uh, JM in the AM. That's for sure. Completely action-packed. Speaking of action, a lot of action last night up at uh, Mount St. Mary's in Newburgh, New York, where the Yeshiva University Maccabees rattled off their 19th win in a row. Did you hear that? 19 wins in a row. They play next at home this coming Saturday night at 8.30 against Mount St. Vincent. And they continue to roll Yeshiva University men's basketball team with a great victory last night. I think they won by 9 or by 11. It was a great victory last night. And uh, they are continuing to just uh, to dominate, as we say. Um. They are dominating. Hey, if you haven't checked out the Kosher Halftime Show 2020 yet, make sure to do so. Kosher Halftime Show 2020 is available on our website at NahumSiegel.com. On YouTube, if you search Kosher Halftime Show 2020. And, of course, on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Siegel Network. Make sure to check it out. One of the stars of the Kosher Halftime Show 2020, Simcha Liner. Here he is at JM in the AM.
שלי נקרא לשניים, מה שלא ראתה שפחה למים, כמו סופה מן הים עולם, כמו תופעה של מרים פועל, ואין תרופה בעולם. הלב שלי מרים ידיים, כבר מועד לא עומד על הרגליים, שבר כלי שאין בו כבר מה, והשמיים הם לי.
טובים, הכל רק מחייך, ויש פחות טובים, שלא הכל הולך רע. אם נאמין, נראה את כל הטוב, ואז נשאיר חזק בכל קדום. אז תשאירו, תשאירו, אז תריעו, תריעו. כל אדם מחפש מקומות ונופים חדשים בעולם. הוא חוצה יבשות וימים במסע של הנפש לשם. על כנפי מחוזות הדמיון הוא מפסיק בספינה אל הים, אך בסוף זה הלב, הלב שמוביל, מוביל אותנו לשם. כל הדרכים משפילים, מקדישים, משתתים, מובילים. Thank you. 
Jetzt mit Steien, hast du es viel am Meien, für Taten dem Getreien, oi eine Lad für Weihen, oi Esri mei Eien, sie wei man kennt man schreien, zum Taten dem Getreien.
Lipa wraps up the hour here at JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and Nachum and the Nachum Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JM in the AM. הפיגוע ליד הר הבית, המחבל הוא ערבי ישראלי תושב הצפון. כתבנו בבירה יובל סגב. המחבל תושב חיפה בעל אזרחות ישראלית חוסה לאחר שהספיק לראות ולפצוע באורח קל שוטר שהבטח בכניסה להר הבית. השוטר שפונה על ידי פרמדיקים של מגן דוד אדום מקבל בשעה זו טיפול רפואי בבית החולים שערי צדק. מת מפצעיו, השוטר הפלסטיני שנפצע לפנות בוקר במהלך העימותים בין הפלסטינים לכוחות הביטחון בג'נין. במהלך התקרית נורה השוטר מאש צהל ונפצע פצעים בינוניים. לפני זמן קצר דווח כי נקבע מותו. כתב תא הערבים דורון קדוש מזכיר כי צהל הודיע שהוא מתחקר את האירוע. בית המשפט המחוזי בירושלים קיבל את הערר של הרב אהרון רמתי, החשוד בניהול כת והחזקה בתנאי העבדות, והורה לשחרר אותו למעצר בית. ממלא מקום פרקליט המדינה החדש, במכתב לעובדי הפרקליטות, יש לפעול לחיזוק שלטון החוק. כתבנו לענייני משפט, יובל הראל. במכתב ששלח עורך הדין דן אלדד לפרקליטים, כתב כי בתקופה הרגישה הזו יש לפעול ברגישות, מקצועיות וממלכתיות למען חיזוק שלטון החוק ואמון הציבור במערכת. עוד הוסיף אלדד כי מעמדה הציבורי והעצמאי של הפרקליטות תמיד היה נר לרגליו. המיזם לביטחון תזונתי ימשיך לפעול עוד מספר חודשים לפחות. לאחר דחיית ההחלטה בוועדת הכספים, משרד האוצר מאשר לגלי צה"ל כי נמצא הסדר עם משרד הרווחה שיאפשר את הפעלת המיזם לכל הפחות עד לאחר הבחירות. הכדורגלן גדי קינדה שעבר מביתר ירושלים לקנזה סיטי מליגת ה-MLS בארצות הברית מתייחס בריאיון בלעדי לעידן קבלר וטליה סלנט לכעס שיש בביתר בעקבות עזיבתו, ואומר, אני יכול להבין אותם. ביתר מאוד עזרה לי ושיפרה אותי, ובאמת, השנה בביתר, אולי זאת השנה שהכי נהנתי מכדורגל, והבנתי מה זה כדורגל אחרי הרבה שנים. אבל אין מה לעשות, שחקנים עוזבים, שחקנים באים, ואני יודע שביתר ימשיכו להיות טובים, ולדרו גם בלעדיי. ומזג האוויר לסיום, מחר גשם מדי פעם בפעם בצפון ובמרכז, תנשב נרוחות חזקות ובדרום צפוי אובך. ירידה משמעותית בטמפרטורות, בלילה צפוי גשם לפרקים בצפון ובמרכז, מלווה בסופות רעמים. חשש משיטפונות. ייתכן שלג בפסגות הגבוהות של ערי הצפון. ואלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. בחסות רשת מגדלי הים.
Thank you. 
Yishai Rebo with Adon Alam, quite a song, huh? Unbelievable. Up Like a Lion, Arye Kunstler opened up the uh, 7 o'clock hour. Before that, you heard Lipo with Hendelach, Yerushalayim Shabalev was done by Avraham Avram Fried. Kulanu Nelech was Benny Friedman, Shalshelis Jr. had od- had Tovla Hodos, Od Yishama from Shlomo Katz, Yishai Rebo had Halev Shali, and Simcha Liner opened up that set with Lecha here at JM in the AM. Simcha Liner, one of the stars of the 2020 Kosher Halftime Show, if you missed it, Check out our website, go to NahumSiegel.com. Check out YouTube, search uh, Kosher Halftime Show 2020. Go to Facebook.com slash NahumSiegel Network. You can see it there as well. Rain today with a high of 46. Tonight, the same with a low of 44. Tomorrow, uh, morning showers and windy weather with a high temperature 
of 56 degrees. We're at 61 in Yerushalayim, 40 here in New York City. Monday's our Tubishvat special between 6 and 9. Mayor Weingarten will co-host with me on Monday morning. Again, we'll be celebrating Tubishvat this coming Monday here at JM in the AM. Make sure to be tuned in. It is one of our great specials of the year. Yeah, that would be an accurate statement. It is one of our great specials of the year. Tubishvat special comes up on Monday right here at JM in the AM. Plenty more coming up. I want to remind you, if you haven't voted yet in the World Zionist elections, go to voteoic.org. Voteoic.org. We are reminding everyone to vote slate number four in the election. That's slate number four. Voteoic.org. Again, voteoic.org. Plenty more coming up. It's Leif Tahar at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Makar Chaim from Oh My Kadavar. Mikimi before that was done by Yidl. Leif Tahar with Mehera opened up the set. Well, the news from Israel. The most recent news is that an Israeli border police officer was lightly wounded this morning in an attack on Harabayat in the Old City. Just hours after 12 Israeli soldiers were wounded, including one critically in a suspected vehicular ramming attack in central Yushalayim just before 2 a.m. According to police, an Arab from northern Israel opened fire with a 9mm pistol toward officers from outside the Harabayat area and lightly injured one in the shooting. The terrorists were shot dead by other officers at the scene. The 38-year-old officer was evacuated to Shari Tzedek Medical Center with bullet wounds to his hand. Um, the uh, hours earlier, a group of Golani soldiers were at Tachanari Shana, a popular entertainment spot, um, at, during a heritage tour ahead of their swearing-in ceremony at the Kotel when they were struck by a car at high speed. IDF spokesman Brigadier General Hilde Zilberman said that they had been walking on the sidewalk when the vehicle came from behind and struck them. The soldiers were not able to shoot at the driver before he fled the scene of the attack. So a couple of episodes and incidents in uh, Israel. In, in the prior one, in the one that took place uh, uh, early early in the morning, a dozen soldiers were wounded in that terror attack. One is being uh, labeled as critical, and that was the one at Tachana Rishana. That was the one that is being uh, assumed uh, a, um, a car ramming, a vehicular ramming attack in the heart of Yerushalayim. J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Zechinishmas Harav Zebin Yosef and Zechinishmas Esther Basar Yosef Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk. Good morning. It says in the Torah, "Vayancha vayarivecha vaachilcha esamon." Hashem afflicted us. We were hungry, and then He fed us the mon. The Medrash says on this. Mikan remes lahadlokas neiros Shabbos. From here is a hint to lighting the Shabbos candles. The Zerashim should ask the question: What does hadlokas neiros, the lighting of the Shabbos candles, have to do with the mon? The Zerashim explains that we find the fascinating medrash in Kohelas Rabbah. It says that just like a person has hana enjoyment from the taste of the food. So too, we have Hana, enjoyment, from the sight of the food, as we find in the Talmud, Meseches Yuma. It is not comparable. One who sees and eats, as to one who does not see and eats. The reason is, is because when a person sees their food, they can enjoy it on a different level. When Klal Yisrael ate the mon, it was possible for its taste to be whatever the person imagined, whatever they desired, it would be that food. However, since the mon did not change its appearance, it looked the same. There was a slight chisaron, there was a slight detriment in the mon, the fact that a person could not actually see the food that they were eating. That is why it says, that even with the greatness of having the mon, we were still missing the experience 
of being able to visualize that which we were eating. This alludes to the lighting of the Shabbos Nerus. The Shabbos Nerus, the candles, illuminate our home. They illuminate our lives. They allow us to see all the special foods, the Shabbos Macholim, that we eat, so that we have complete Hanah, complete enjoyment, both the Tam, the taste, and also the visualization of the food that we are eating. I once spoke for a yeshiva that was making a grand opening. I was to give a shear, and before the shear there was a reception. A woman came over to me who was not able to see. She was blind. And she told me that it was a great zechus for her to be at this particular psicha and to be able to hear the shear. All of a sudden, there was a man that came to me while she was standing there and said, Rav, there's a large crowd here. I bet there's 250 people. She said, no, I think it's closer to 300. He looked at me. He couldn't understand it. He was curious. So he counted the people that were there in the way that's permissible. Astounding. There were 300 people bidiyuk. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Thursday morning broadcast, JM in the AM, 7.33 in the morning, 27 minutes before 8 o'clock. Well, we've been speaking a lot about Yeshiva University basketball and taking great pride in their 19-game winning streak. But today, this morning, we're going to switch gears a bit and go back to baseball, believe it or not. The producer and director of Heading Home, The Tale of Team Israel, is somebody this audience knows very well at this point. Jeremy Newberger is with us live via telephone. Jeremy, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Booker Tove. It's good to be back. I appreciate that. Great to speak with you. Start with the uh, start with the Heading Home documentary. Is that movie still being shown? Is it still getting engagements around the country? What's what, what's happening with the uh, with the with the movie that we love so much? Well, Heading Home. Uh, the next big news will be the DVD release, and uh, uh, I think sometime in the spring uh, we should be releasing the DVD for purchase. So that's the big news with Heading Home. I mean, the film forever will be shown at JCCs and Hebrew schools and men's clubs. So, yeah, we're, we're still getting calls, uh, and I will still come out and talk to your temple if that's what you want. Uh, and, and so will players if they're around and it's not during uh, you know baseball season. Now, um, I know this is not our topic for today, but I'm so curious. Uh, are there any extra special extras that are going to be included in that DVD? Oh, yeah. I mean... When Ironbound Films makes a, a DVD, we're like uh, we're making it for the nerdy versions of ourselves who collect DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, there, there will be some special features. All right, fantastic. Now, as you know, it's now February, and as you also know, when we get to the middle of the summer, the Summer Olympics are going to be taking place in Tokyo. And as many people in this audience may have forgotten, let me remind them that Team Israel is part of the baseball sport in this year's Summer Olympics. So we have a uh, a couple, uh, we have some uh, amazing months coming up as you I would assume are continuing to follow Team Israel. Yeah, you know, I just got back from Israel about uh, 2 weeks ago. Yeah. I went to film a trip that the team is the new Team Israel uh, took 
to Israel for official Olympic business. Uh, so uh, what do I mean by that? Uh, now that the uh, players on Team Israel have to be Israeli citizens, right. uh, many of them need to open up bank accounts. They need to uh, go for official Olympic medical tests. Uh, they have meetings with the Israeli you know, division of the IOC, the Olympic Committee. So this was a, a much different trip than the the tourist trip I took with the team last time. Right. They were they were busy and they were working, uh, and it was uh, it was amusing the, the trip. Uh, one funny story, Nachum. They went to open bank accounts at a bank Liumi. Yeah, and and I thought they'll never let me film in a bank Liumi. It's going to be you know a bureaucracy from like eighty Soviet Union in there. <laughs> right. But when we got to the bank Liumi. All of the, the female tellers were so uh, goo-goo-eyed over the players, <laughs> they started taking selfies. They didn't care. They were like, yeah, film this. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is great. That this is was a great. much different filming experience for me. Uh, you know, you know these that, guys, that, begs, that begs my next question, actually. Are you getting the feeling that in Israel these guys are being recognized, that in Israel there's a uh, – we know. We know where baseball falls on the list of popular sports in Israel. But are they getting some recognition from the Hamon Am, from the general public? Well, on this trip that I took, they had an uh, audience with uh, the president of Israel, wow. uh, which was pretty amazing. Uh, you know, he was going to meet with all of Israel's Olympic athletes sometime in, you know, closer to the summer. Right. But he decided that he liked the story of Team Israel, and he met with the team at his house. Uh, and you know, then there were a couple of events that happened that week that really showed me maybe a different paradigm there in terms of Israelis starting to accept the team. Uh, they had a photo shoot in a, in a shook market in Tel Aviv, uh, and they were just sort of mobbed by everyday Israelis, not just the usual expats who love them, you know, because they, they moved to Israel loving baseball, but Israelis. So there were a few moments like that that are starting to register to me that, you know, maybe there's a spark there. Right. One of the most uh, I guess emotional moments I, I saw was some of the players went to a, t a hospital in Tel Aviv that week to visit with uh, sick children, uh, an Israeli soldier who's recovering from a, a terror attack uh, by the name of Nathaniel Felber, um, and also uh, a guy who was in a terrible car accident in Israel that, that's like a big national story there. His wife and his infant uh, yeah. child were, were killed. They're originally from and, Chicago, right? Yeah, I, this guy was a Chicago Cubs fan. Wow. And when, when the players walked into the room, I mean, he lit up. He wanted to tell them every Cubs story he had ever had. Oh, uh, amazing. Uh, but I'm, I'm starting to see something that I didn't see on my last trip, and that's these guys not, not as tourists, but as citizens connecting right. with Israel. Um, and, and I think that's going to be a big theme in this film. Jeremy Newberger with us, a producer, director of Heading Home, Tale of Team Israel. We're talking about Team Israel now. Um, this will be a completely separate film project. This is not going to be Heading Home 2, right? This is a totally separate film project, correct? I mean, it will be called Heading Home 2, oh, you well. know, as sort of a, a shorthand, but the film is a uh, working title, Team Israel Takes Tokyo. <laughs> and it is a separate film. I like uh, that. It's going to, you know, follow them as they, they try and uh, medal in the Tokyo Olympics, and they have a 50% chance. You know, there's six teams playing. Right. Uh, they have a really strong squad. They have to beat uh, Japan, which is a bit of a monster. Uh, but, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And uh, 
I, we'll see. You know, it, 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 you never count out Team Israel. I talked to a Japanese reporter at a press conference in Israel, and I said, hey, what do, what do people think in Japan? And he said the word dark horse. <laughs> Very good. I like that. <laughs> it's good to be the dark horse, play with house money, so to speak. Um, what percentage of the team are players that we, who are obsessed with the team, are already familiar with? Uh, are there a lot of newcomers or not? Yeah, you know, there, I would say there's about uh, 30 or 40% returnees from the WBC team that we filmed. Right. Um, but then there are newcomers. Uh, Zach Penpraise is one, and Mitch Glasser, um, and Danny Valencia, who, who's probably the biggest uh, name on the team from a Major League Baseball perspective. Right. Um, and then you've got guys that you know were on the WBC team uh, who are whose profile has risen since, like Joey Wagman, who pitched in these qualifiers really like beautifully. I think he was the MVP, uh, or Nick Rickles, who was uh, one of the catchers. Um, and then guys like Jeremy uh, Blyce and Josh Zide are back. You know, oh, so there there are familiar names. Ty Kelly, Blake Galen is like an incredible center fielder. Uh, Remind me who the really fun one was in the first movie. I can't think of his name. Oh, that that was Cody Decker. He's not uh, back on the team, but we're trying to figure out how to include him yeah. in the film anyway. If you can get if you can get, a, a if you can get if you can get him to Tokyo, it'll certainly add to the spirit of the team. That's for sure. <laughs> now, that's for sure. Now, Jeremy, you know what we pay even more attention to than Team Israel, and uh, you know how much we pay attention to Team Israel, and that is the Jewish calendar. And one of the most heartwarming moments of the first film, of course, is Purim in the dugout uh, at the WBC. I'm wondering, um, you know, there's no such thing as coincidence. For whatever reason, the one above wanted this uh, competition to be played around Tisha B'Av. Has that been considered in uh, the lead-up to the Tokyo Olympics? <laughs> you know, it hasn't yet, but it might now start being, as a result <laughs> of you mentioning it. <laughs> so... <laughs> It may, you know, for those who are traditionalists, this may give new meaning to the term box seats, if you know what I mean. Because, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't know the exact schedule, so I don't. But I have a feeling when we looked it up that in fact they could end up being uh, playing literally on Tisha B'Av Day. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens because uh, you know, for many, obviously, uh, there is uh, no matter to what degree they may observe it or not observe it on a national level, everyone at least recognizes that it is an important day on the Jewish calendar. So that's, that's the type of stuff that we look at going forward. Now, are you raising money for this film? Do people out there participate in it? How does the funding work for this new movie? Yeah, you know, we are raising money for this, for this project. Uh, and I would invite anyone who, who feels, you know, they want to give it a, a small level or wants to become a big macher and be a producer on the film to call us. Can I give you our office yeah, number? For sure. It's, it's 845 Four two four thirty seven hundred, and just call and I'll answer the phone, and we'll we'll talk, we'll schmooze, uh, we'll we'll talk about how you can be part of this great film, uh, this great story, and the, the money that we're raising is not just for the film, but we're also fundraising for the team. Right. Uh, so uh, you're you're doing a dual service to the team and the film about the team. All right. So at the uh, moment, and, so at the moment, there's no way to give online. The best thing would be for someone to actually call the number. Yes, they call the number. Uh, at some point, when we get a little closer, you know, to the Olympics, there'll be a, a website or some way to right. do it that way. But if you call eight four five four two four thirty seven hundred, talk to me, Jeremy. Uh, we'll figure out how to get your name in the credits on this film, and uh, you will be a champion of 
the Olympic team Israel. And uh, and you, because you never know who's listening to this show, um, I will say the following in your name. If someone gives it a high enough level, you will guarantee that they will be in Tokyo with the team. How's that? <laughs> if they give it a high enough level that covers their travel to Tokyo, then absolutely. They'd have to give a lot more than just cover the cost of their travel if they want to travel with the <laughs> right. team. But, I, but there is a price point that I'm saying publicly. There is a price point that you're willing to negotiate Definitely. if someone wants to actually be with the team in Tokyo and be literally, I guess we'd call them, you know, the lead producer at that point. Of the uh, of the entire project, so everybody out there, whether it's uh, you know a small investment you want to make in this team and the incredible yeah. way they're representing Israel and the Jewish people around the world, or and by the way, if you don't think they're representing Israel and the Jewish people well, watch the first film, watch Heading Home, the tale of Team Israel, and you will see some of the nuances uh, that make this team so incredible and unique. Um, Jacob, I, I should mention to you that the the two weeks before they head to the Olympics, yeah. the team is going to assemble in Rockland County and play against different uh, minor league and independent ball teams for yeah. about a two-week road trip. Oh, it is two so, weeks, because when we, when we saw their visit to this area, unfortunately, it was it was at a time I can't recommend to this audience, but there, there right. are but there are other games. You're saying that they'll be in the U.S. in general for a two-week period. Yes, there'll be a oh, two-week period. Eric Holtz is the, the manager of the team. The audience may recognize him from Montefiore Hospital commercials. He oh, yeah, is, right. He uh, is. He's a really, really respected, beloved baseball guy who's got a baseball clinic in White Plains, and he is going to lead the team. They're going to work out all the kinks, and for two weeks they're going to travel, you know, Rockland, and Connecticut, and I think even as far away as Cape Cod. So they'll be on the road uh, playing different, you know, minor league teams oh. building up their cachet. So even if we can't go to the Shabbos games, there will be games that we could actually attend. We didn't realize that here. We were so disappointed when we saw the schedule. But now that you tell us this, there'll be some possibilities to go and enjoy the team. That's great. Oh, I'm happy about yeah. that. All it's right. exciting. We'll be filming every bit of it. Fantastic. So you'll see us there, too. All right, and we'll certainly update everybody about the schedule. Anyone out there who wants to help with heading home, too, as, uh, the, as the Israelis invade Tokyo and get ready for a hopefully a very successful a journey to Tokyo in the uh, Summer uh, Olympics, in the baseball uh, section of the Summer Olympics. You can call Jeremy Newberger and speak with him at 845-424-3700, 845-424-3700. Jeremy, I uh, thank you as always. This is for us so exciting, and it's amazing uh, to live this experience vicariously uh, through what you're doing. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's my pleasure. Uh, be back soon. Yes. Hashem. Jeremy Newberger, producer, director, heading home to Tale of Team Israel, working on the follow-up as they head to Tokyo. And it's now February. The Olympics are in July. We will continue to follow the team and, of course, update everybody um, about their schedule right here at JM in the AM. All right. More coming up. It is a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Oh uh-huh. 
Shit, the holiday. 
Like nobody knows Turn into the left from the right What's right, what's wrong, nobody knows Heard the news, the proof world's spinning out of control Stop, keep it cool Music gets you through Hop in my car, turn on the radio Roll down my windows, let the speakers blow I hit the stage to inspire you all Spotlights, come on, check one Here we go Can't describe what Yeah, it makes you move The music's pumping Now you're jumping out of boom Feel the music, the music Make you move Can't describe what my heart starts feeling When the music's playing Lashem, we're singing My soul's on fire And it lights my life, yeah Makes me wanna jump, jump higher Oh, 
Wraps up uh, the 7 o'clock hour for us here at JM in the AM. Before that, you heard Yacha done by Barry Weber. Barchenu was Mordechai Shapiro. Nisim Black and Zachary Levine are scheduled to join us in a couple of minutes here at JM in the AM. Um, we will not only speak about music. We'll speak about community. We'll speak about unity. And we'll speak about, unfortunately, some of the disunity out there. It's all coming up in our next segment. If you keep it at America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and AlchemSiegel.com, and the AlchemSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. בכל יום מתעלה, הלב מרגיש ומתמלא, ומתוכי פורצת מנגינה. בוקר טוב עולם, בוקר שכזה, כל החושך נעלם, איזה יום יפה, אי שם שמיים מאירים מעלינו, יש מישהו שם, והוא שומר עלינו, בוקר טוב עולם. Thank <laughs> you. 
J.M. in the A.M. with Mordechai Shapiro. Boker Tov Olam is the name of that one here on a uh, Thursday morning. Well, uh, a few weeks back, um, during a, a very trying time, which has calmed down a bit when we, uh, we were experiencing in this country, on this side of the world, uh, anti-Semitic incidents at a rate and at a pace that we were not used to, uh, it did cause a lot of tension in the community, to say the least. And um, at that time, we said that... Uh, Probably one of the best people to uh, speak to about the whole situation and, in general, relations between the uh, uh, the black and Jewish community would be Nisim Black, our wonderful friend, who is in Beit Shemesh, Israel, and will join us in a minute. And he recommended that uh, Zachariah Levine, who he works closely with and uh, is based in Jerusalem. If I told you where he lived, you'd be jealous uh, in terms of specifically where he lives. Uh, and Zachariah agreed to come in live in the studio, even though he had to travel about four hours this morning to get here. Uh, to help us address this issue as well. So first I'll say to our in-studio guest, Zachary Levine, shalom, shalom, and welcome to JM in the AM. What a delight to meet you, and it's great to have you here. Amen, amen. And on our telephone, and this won't surprise you, he's driving as he speaks with us. Nisim Black is, in fact, with us somewhere around the Beit Shemesh area. Nisim, shalom, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Yeah, shalom. Welcome, welcome, welcome to you back into Yerushalayim. Tadarabah, <laughs> tadarabah. When Nisim was here, we had an opportunity to speak to him about, you know, the his background, where he comes from, uh, the 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 difficulties, the uh, associations he had, the different journey he had compared to what we're used to in our community and the type of stuff we're used to talking about in terms of our own history. Uh, do you have a similar story to his? You know, certainly uh, born on Earth. I think we were both born on Earth. <laughs> and, uh, you know, since then, uh, definitely navigated a path that uh, was filled maybe with some wrong choices. But Hashem has an ability to turn uh, all things into a positive if you're sincere. Uh, and so certainly traveled a path to grow closer and closer to Him, which eventually led me to... Uh, you know, um, into Yiddishkeit and 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 then eventually into being a resident of of Eretz Israel. How long do you know him? Uh, I guess it's coming up on what is it a only like a year and a half. Oh, or something? so this Two is not years? this is not like you grew up together or anything like that. <laughs> You're not from the same neighborhood. No, no, he's no, from... no. <laughs> Nisim, we know is from the Seattle area. Where's Zacharia from? I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, North Minneapolis. Interesting. So how'd you meet? Uh, we met actually, I think the first time walking through the streets of Meisharm as two, uh, two hungry, hungry Yidden, uh, you know, I think I was looking for food or just left food 
I'm not sure where he was headed. Uh, but then we eventually also met up uh, for a bit of a little dinner and then uh, and then just sort of hit it off from there. And Nisim described what his neighborhood was like, ah. where he grew up. Yeah. He described the drugs and the problem that, that that caused for people in the community. He described knowing people who, frankly, were murdered at, yeah. at a relatively young age. Yeah. Was it similar for you in, in Minnesota in that type of environment? It was better or worse? What would you say? Yeah, we definitely, I think Minneapolis led the nation in murders maybe in, I don't want to say it was like 96 or something like that, wow. but certainly at some point. And, uh, you know, definitely a community with a ton of positives and also, you know, some uh, some challenging things and, and some negatives that, you know, are less than ideal. But I think Malcolm Gladwell talks about the outliers right. and those who kind of respond to these traumatic moments and potentially come out with a different level of hizuk, you know, as they move through life. Nisim, would that be an accurate way of putting it? Has Zakaria hit the nail on the head that there are those exceptions that, thank God, are able to make their way out of community situations like that? Absolutely, absolutely. Many different ways and different paths. You know, I have some friends that, you know, went on and, and uh, done well for themselves in terms of, like, you know, education, you know, one's become a lawyer, some obviously become professional athletes, which isn't something so new. But, you know, I was very pleased recently. I was able to be back in Seattle and uh, hear about some of my friends who went on to be successful, uh, you know, photographers. I have one friend who's now the chaplain for the L.A. Lakers. Um, and, like, you know, so there's definitely those, those who make it through the storm, you know, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. I'm glad to hear that because I know that uh, your life as a youngster was filled with a lot of stories where, where guys did not end up in, uh, in, in positions like that. I'm glad that you've seen Bar- Baruch Hashem so many success stories at this point. So, uh, you know, uh, we invited you, Zaharia, here, and we asked Nisim to be on our phone line. Uh, I'm trying to put this the right way, if there is a right way. The tension that exists, uh, we saw it with some of the uh, the, uh, anti-Semitic episodes that were going on in the New York, New Jersey area. Hopefully they've come to an end or at least have slowed down. I think the impression is that they have. And and very often when we see, um, you know, who's intimidating who, so to speak, very often it's a clash between... Uh, black and Jewish uh, members of the community. And it, it has to be, and I saw this in an article that, that Nisim was interviewed for, so I know that what I'm saying is somewhat accurate. It has to be extremely painful to to be somebody who is both a member of the uh, color community and the Jewish community and to see this go on. Yeah, no question. No question. Um, you know, I, I think the thing is, is that in traumatic situations or those with trauma, you know, they say hurt people, hurt people. Well, you have two hurt people, then, you know, it's almost like it looks like a, a fight to the death. But in truth, you know, both parties think they're protecting their interests of their own regards. I think ultimately what you're saying is a bit of a uh, an erosion of the archaic system, sort of which has been color-based, and now a search for cultural standing. Uh, and so, again, I think, like, white is not a thing. There's no... You know, place on the map that says white. There's no place on the map that says black. Uh, so as you move past those things, you get into like who someone actually is and what that says about them, uh, and that they're who they're proud to be, their cultural, their perspectives. And so um, I think that hopefully, as as culture comes to the forefront, and we sort of get rid of the color leading conversation, the color leading conversation just points out opposite. So people always ask me all the time, you know, how do you feel being a black Jew? I said, ah, only black Jew I know is Nissim Black and, and Robinson Black and their children. Other than that, you know, he's just a Jew of color. Now, 
um, in terms of those who aren't maybe uh, identifying with with Judaism, then again, there's maybe more of a fight to identify and recapture one's culture. Uh, but I think ultimately that the world's change that we're all looking for comes as we put color aside and start moving in a more culturally uh, acknowledging way. It took me a second to get the line. You're, you're saying that because their name is black. That, yep. <laughs> that, that's the only. Nisim, um, is it possible to do what Zacharia just described? Is it possible for people, especially en masse, you know, to a very large level, to get to a point where we're ignoring color and we're ignoring those differences? Uh, yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think it's definitely possible. I think it's something that's, you know, for sure going to take some work, you know. Um, but one of the things I did say about the Join the City uh, interview, and I think it's really, it's only come up even more since I said it, um, was that, you know, first just look at the things, you know, my father, for instance, is a pastor and theologian. Right. Right? Yeah, you've told us that. one of my biggest, he's one, one of my, you know, if not the favorite person, you know what I'm saying, in my life, you know what I'm saying, just in terms of seeing his growth and who he used to be and how he's been able to affect so many different people in his world. And, and he's definitely somebody to look up to. When he and I are together, we almost never talk about religion or things that would, would you know what I'm saying, would, would make us different with one another. Rather, the things that connect us right. are the things that we spend the most time on. And I feel like you know, uh, being African American and also being Jewish or Black or color, whatever you want to call it, every five hundred years. Um, <laughs> the, the the truth is, is that I grew up not knowing anything really about the Holocaust. Neither did any of my peers or anything like that. Right. I didn't know anything about that really until I was really focused on, you know, completing the game. Right. Now, and I ran into many Bachim. I just so I was learn I was learning with a rabbi the other day. And the topic came up, and he's like, oh, really? Blacks got into America because they, they were slaves? Really? No, you don't say. Really? You know? <laughs> uh, so it's, it's so much out there that we just have grown to not even know right. about each other's, like, these, these things. And it wasn't easy for Jews when they came here to, uh, from Europe. You know what I'm saying? When they got here also. Uh, and, and how many people had to give up Shabbos and, 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 and their values and cultures. And, and our whole entire thing has been shipped from us also to some degree. So there's so much to connect on and to, and to get past rather than looking at what's different, you know what I mean? Nisim Black from Israel, Zachary Levine here in our studio in New York talking about uh, relationships between communities. You know, you, you and I, uh, when you were here, Nisim, uh, spoke about uh, the concept that if people really got to know each other, if people greeted each other with respect, you know, Zachary walks in this morning, I've never met him before in, our, in my life, we are clearly from very different backgrounds, but we had a joy in meeting each other, and we had a right. joy in, in, in the few minutes we spent together just before this conversation began. And I think you'd agree that if, if somehow we can encapsulate that and get people to have that kind of attitude when they walk the streets and see strangers and when they're riding the subways and see people who are different, uh, I, I think that would go a long way, right? Absolutely. I think, you know, one of the biggest things is, is that, 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 you know, um, that fails to, fails to be emphasized, you know what I'm saying, within Yiddishkeit even is that, you know, one of the things is we don't spend a lot of time, especially in the current system, in Yeshiva system, learning Tanakh, right? It's right. just clear. It is That's what true. it is. Right. The women are for sure much more, uh, you know, acquainted with right. what's going on inside the Navi. 
and different things like that. But one of the things that I couldn't help to see, when I remember when I came to Yiddishkeit, I remember placing a Tanakh on the table, right? And I said to God, it was starting over, and I'm going to read this book, and I'm only going to look for your character. I'm going to know what you love, what you hate, what you reward, what you punish. And there are a few different things I learned out of reading just Tanakh straight, you know, not without having any Mephoshi. I was just so soul-searching, right? Yep. One of the things I know most about Hashem and what I still hold today is that the thing that 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 seems to bring on the most judgment or that bothers him the most is how people treat other people. Right. How we treat the widows, how we treat the orphans, how we treat those and I was very um um Hashem yesterday it came into a beautiful, beautiful finish on 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 uh, I think it was Rabbi Elazar who had the incident with the man who he described as ugly, and the man's response to him was that go and tell the, the, the creator, right? Go and tell the one who made me what an ugly creation that he made, right? Right. So one Mephoshim on this, a very interesting thing, one Mephoshim on this, the Masha, I believe, he said that this man that he that he was talking to was from B'nai Kush. Right. From the B'nai Kush. Right. 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 People of color. <laughs> Right, people of color. What was the chuva after he followed and tried to to, to, to apologize to this person? The chuva was that not only did for him to get the to, to apologize, he went on into the to the Beit Knesset teaching other people how important it was not to treat other people that way. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Oh yes. And we come to. In terms of Yiddish guy, my experience is also with trying to get my kid into school. There's the curriculum of Mishnah and Torah and all these things somehow don't include how we treat the other person, whether they're Jewish, they're not Jewish, and because they don't look like this, you know what I'm saying? It's a major problem, and I think that this is, you know, more than anything, something that, you know, Shem is very, very, very. You know, I I joke with a friend of mine that, you know, after 120, uh, God may say to some of us, why were you so focused on this and this? All I ask is that you take care of the widows and orphans. That's all I ever asked. Why were you so focused on so many other different things? And it's funny you mentioned those it's funny you mentioned those two relationships in the uh, in the way you describe caring for other people because those who are familiar with the prophets know that that is a very very big concern for the one above. Uh, so much so. By the way, speaking of taking care of people, sounds like Nisim's very preoccupied with taking care of people right now. What would you say, Zacharia? I'm very proud to the audience, but since this is a uh, Jewish podcast, you guys will understand. I got my kids, and uh, I, took, I took my baby, who's 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 he's only nursing, and my wife really wanted to go to this play. So I'm like driving around the block, over and over, hoping he goes to sleep. So. What a strategy. I, rem- I remember 20 years ago, I did the same thing. Don't worry. Nisan Black with us live via telephone. Zachary Levine is here. So you might say, Zacharia, that as much as we demand that people in other communities take on these traits, if we ourselves, meaning the Jewish community, takes on take on these traits, we have no idea what that is going to, uh, to do to others. You know, I, I think of Jersey City. Mm. People went ahead from the Jewish community, and just as a gesture, nothing more than a gesture, they could have ignored the black community there, but right. nothing more than a gesture. They went and did a a drive and and brought in food items for people in need in the community, just to show that you know we are one. And people don't realize that people who are the recipients on that end, who might have a certain attitude toward Jews, 
their attitude toward Jews may have changed drastically just because of that gesture. Well, you know, I, certainly gestures go a long way. I think one thing, and I, I'm sure Nissim can echo this, and I think a lot of others can as well. Again, to me, it goes back to the whole sort of black-white thing. Like if you walk in majority of communities and you say, hey, do you know what a Jew is? You know, crickets. Right. Uh, no, no clue. No, 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 no. Now, if you walk in and said, hey, Jews are white. Well, just because of the historical trauma that quote unquote black people have faced, quote unquote, at the hand of white people, then they say, Ah, oh, we don't like we don't like Jews. Not because they have any knowledge or any depth or perspective or historical context or cultural relevance to what a Jew is, but because you said, Ah, oh, Jew is white. Now I say oftentimes when speaking to to, you know, fellow Jews, it's like if Jews were white, what happened in Europe, right? Why wasn't everyone just like, Hey, everyone here's white, right. everything is good, no problems here? No. That's obviously not how it was going down, just like it doesn't go the same way when you get people in a room that all look alike. That's not how we operate, you know? Um, so moving past that, again, I think is a cultural thing. For me, when I walk somewhere and I see some see someone I say good Shabbos, they don't say good Shabbos or whatever, I'm thinking, ah, oh, this person might be a Holocaust survivor. Their grandparent may be a Holocaust survivor, whatever the case may be. They've got reason for this trauma that has them behaving in a certain way. I don't take it personally. Just kind of like this week's right. Parsha and this Aliyah for today, how, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu and the people of Israel are griping, and he says, you know, aren't, you know, it's like, you guys aren't griping against us. You guys are griping against God. You know, I'm not taking it personally. So I try not to take it personally. On the flip side, I think, if that other side also looked at me in the same way, like, man, this guy just walked into a shul, you know, 75 people staring at him, three people didn't smile, 10 people, whatever, 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 maybe give the guy a little leeway and a little breathing room, you know, it, it goes a long way. But ultimately, the, the thing is, I think they say the world uh, gives you what you're reflecting off. Right. And so if each person really looks at it like that, then our ability to sort of correct and clean the mirror moves a lot faster. So as much as I'd like to get caught up in all these high-level thinkings, I know in terms of my interrelational interactions day-to-day, -day, I'm empowered to try to greet people warmly, to be understanding, to be loving, to be kind, and that at the some point that that'll be also what I receive. Uh, and if not, then thank God I'm getting my gripes down here and not in Shemayim. Nisim, what do you think of Zachary's comments? I definitely, I think it's true. And I would echo, I would echo and say that, you know, um, it goes, it kind of goes back to what I'm saying, knowing each other's struggle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's what's in. And also, uh, I'm, I'm a wider, in the, in the outside, outer community. And the truth is, you know, as everything, I, 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 when I was very honest with, with I would say I'm very honest with everybody, like, I didn't enjoy seeing much uh, shots because I wasn't barely sleeping. And I actually went to my Rob last night, Rob, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm still struggling behind this because I've had more conversations with individuals. And it really has been, um, what I've seen is that there's a certain um, perspective. You know, for instance, I have a video coming out. Um, this is not a plug for the video, but I definitely <laughs> want to talk about what happened on set when I did this. Now, some people may say it's controversial. Um, the truth is, is that I dressed African-American men in this video is in as Hasidim. Most of the people that said anything to me had a problem with it were not Hasidim. I was Hasidim. I can't wait for it to come out, right? But I want you to know something. When we shoot videos in, in Ukraine, and I say we, there's plenty of other artists who use white characters, and we put keepers on them, and we, and we, even the Jews, nobody has any problem with that. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, Let yes. Let me tell you what happened on the flip side. These guys who were dancing, and anybody there that knew it, they seen the Jew, the, the Yidna, were coming by to take pictures and 
and, and the love that they that I was given, they said to me, oh, my goodness, I thought Jews hate black people. The whole entire mind was shifted in this one instance of seeing the response that people, the way that people were treating me with love and Ava and people coming by and, and how many people, they had a whole different shift because before this, they had a whole different idea of what, of how Jews viewed black people. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And when we watch that video, we will have that in mind, believe you me. Uh, I apologize. We're so pressed for time, and I do want to actually get to one of your songs in a minute. Um, finally, any difference between here and Israel? In Israel, are you more comfortable? Is it different? Like, how, what would you say? You know, it's definitely different. You know, Eretz Israel has a level of peace, and certainly, quote-unquote, as a person of color, uh, you're not at the forefront of any concerning issues from the authorities or the uh, perusing groups. Uh, and certainly the time in Israel and being able to heal and learn in yeshiva uh, and, you know, visit Kevin Zedekum, et cetera, then gives one a different feeling when they come to America. Right. Uh, I think it is worth saying that, you know, for those that are in America and that are of color, you know, the 13th Amendment, quote unquote, that abolished slavery had a word that you should never accept in a contract if it's within the first four or five or six words, which says, you know, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except for the commission of a crime shall be permissible. So in essence, what ended slavery said, no more slavery unless you commit a crime. Right. And then from there, it's like, why is there so much crime in the community? And it's like, well, it seems to be economically advantageous for crime to be in certain communities and to be looking for crime in certain communities and to police crime in certain communities to continue the economic uh, beneficial structure and system that was going on that many people didn't want to depart from. So that's semantics for some, but for a person to me who's a little more pragmatic, it's like, um... You know, there's crime everywhere. Most crime against most communities happens by people that look like them. You know, this is like, these are germane facts. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of us judging other people in other people's situations, that doesn't necessarily ever get anyone anywhere. Um, again, leading with love, leading with understanding, working on growing and building your own is a... Uh, but is there more love and understanding in Israel or not when it comes to the... to the? There's definitely more kosher restaurants. <laughs> definitely more minions, you know, Um and, and and that for sure is enough to be motivating. But, you know, there's some lovely communities in Brooklyn and in North Miami Beach and Miami Beach and so Hollywood and feel, Boston. you can feel the love all around the globe. Absolutely. The as long as there's kosher food, the love feels a lot better. <laughs> Nisim, do you agree with this comment by Zacharia? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Um, the truth is, it's like, you know, like you said, there's, there's less of a concern. Um, driving around, you right. know what I'm saying? And with right. the, I, I think I was I with Zakaria. We were back in New York. I don't know if it was maybe 24 hours or something like that. Uh, we got pulled over by the police in Manhattan. Now, the truth is, you know, not to say the racial profile, even though the officer, he was also black, you know what I mean? But right. they rarely and never in Israel, you know, do we get pulled over and, you know, checked out <laughs> I'm just saying to say there's something. <laughs> he loves life, this guy. I'm, I'm still, <laughs> hey, I'm still looking for that ticket, man. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so the funny part is, is that, you know, being here in Israel, you may not have those issues, but people are much more um, able to to be very open about the way that they feel about things, uh, different things like that, where right. in America, things may be more politically correct. So some things that. have the, the benefits and the advantages, but... I, I say, but, but Derek, what I've experienced, me, myself, as 
is more love than anything that I have experienced. You know what I'm saying? The opposite. No, I hear I'm that. not even going to act like I mean. there's some like type of uh, like it's some some close number or percentage of the amount of hate of discrimination as compared to the love. Sure not. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sure Understood. Love, and I think it's by and large because that's that's what I give out. So that's that's what comes back. You know what I mean? mean? Zachariah, I cannot thank. I hope we can continue this at some point. I cannot thank amen, you amen. enough. I know you took a very long journey to get here this morning, amen, and amen. it's much appreciated. And it's a pleasure meeting you. And likewise, I hope that uh, I, if there are one or two people out there that have taken our advice now to just reach out a little bit more and think before they interact with other racial groups or ethnic groups, yeah. then we've had a successful morning. Frankly. When you're the majority person in the room, if you take it upon yourself to try to welcome, right the other person in the room and even if you're suspicious no better way to find out what's going on than to go and greet right. and actually be kind to someone and leave with love you know mashiach should be soon amen to that Nisan, we literally have 30 seconds can you introduce motherland bounce for us please the motherland bounce is um a song that uh definitely deals with this topic and it's very timely even though what it's supposed to be but i wanted to be able to tell people that you know what i'm saying Yes, I am, and this is from both sides, both the Jewish world and the and the colored uh, color community that I come from. That I'm very happy to be in my own skin, both as a Jew and as a black person. Mm. And let me show you how much. And so this is uh, that was a motivation for this song. Nisan, best to your family, and please let us know when you're in New York next. Thank you. We'll do. We'll thank do. you so much, Zacharia. I thank you so much. Okay. And we are jealous of where you get to live in Yerushalayim. You're, lit- you're literally in the center of Jerusalem amen, amen, while we are 6,000 miles away. Hey, you know, I'll have you in mind. I hope you will, and send our best to the Holy Land. Okay. Uh, Zachary Levine, who, by the way, uh, everybody, uh, happens to be a, um, a very big fan, and reciprocally, he is a big fan of Zachariah of the great Simon Jacob, who's, ah, a, who's the, a very familiar name to this audience. The wine connoisseur. The absolutely. wine connoisseur and many other absolutely. things. Amen, the chairman amen. of our Jewish Unity Initiative. He's somebody <laughs> who could certainly address the issue of unity. Amen. Um, so best regards, Zachariah, and thank you. It's called Motherland Bounce. It's Nisim Black. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. <laughs> Shopping with a Sammy Davis cousin. Tried to dodge the industry, but now my name is buzzing. They all saying that I'm conscious. I say that it's nonsense. So I say I've been on since on. Had an on switch from Seattle, the rainy city where my mom lived. In Jerusalem, the golden city that was conquered. But still we moving onward. Motherland conquest. Smell me like an armpit. Yeah. Yeah. We gon' play it loud until they feel it. Yeah. Yeah. We gon' blow the roof up off the building. Yeah. Motherland bounce, check it out now, motherland bounce, check it out now, motherland bounce. We baba. My mama told me that I read good. Been on my straight and narrow, but my history is the hood. Thank God today that we could buy a box of Cheerios or kicks. I can even buy tricks. I'm no longer on wick. EBT car rip in my passport lip. Stamp like a notary from every country that I went. Ain't a country like this from the others you've been sent. Black is beautiful. This gon' be the motherland hit. Yeah. 
The gentleman who joined us live from Israel as he was driving his kids around the Beit Shemesh area. That's how he's known to us today, but in general, he's known as Nissan Black, and that's Motherland Bounce, brand new here at JM in the AM. I want to remind everybody that the uh, fourth annual Holocaust Studies Conference is coming up. Project Witness is presenting it. The question is, do I belong at the upcoming conference? Well, the answer is you do if you are a second-generation children of survivors. We call them 2Gs. If you're a third-generation grandchildren of survivors, 3Gs, or if you're, you're interested at all in learning, more about the Holocaust. Plus, they are encouraging educators, not just uh, educators in the area of history and Holocaust, but educators in general who want to come and uh, and uh, really enhance their abilities uh, to teach um, um, Jewish history of the last uh, century to come to the fourth annual Holocaust Educators Conference presented by Project Witness. It happens at the Museum of Jewish Heritage, 36 Battery Place, in New York City, uh, February the 16th and the 17th. Again, that's February the 16th and the 17th. Information at 718-305-5221, 718-305-5221, or just go to projectwitness.org. Again, you can go to projectwitness.org and uh, get all the uh, information you need. Simple as that, projectwitness.org. Remember that we are uh, encouraging everybody to um, vote in the uh, World Zionist elections, World Zionist Congress. Uh, we are encouraging slate number four, slate number four. Go to voteoic.org for information. Again, go to voteoic.org uh, for information about it. And you can um, uh, get all the information there. And you have until March the 11th, but we are recommending that you do so as soon as possible. And we thank you. There is an organization uh, out there called A Time, and A Time has been uh, at the forefront of helping families who are, uh, I'll use the expression, in desperate need of help when it comes to uh, having children and solving some of the uh, medical and other problems that exist uh, when in the process of trying uh, to have children. And it has been a long time since Rabbi Shaul Rosen has been with us um, here at JM and the AM, and it's a pleasure to welcome the founder and CEO of a time, Rabbi Shaul Rosen, to JM in the AM. Good morning. It is a pleasure to reunite in this way. Thank you so much for having us. A pleasure. Now, a time is now how old? How long has a time been? In 28 ex- years. 28 years. Um, 
28 years ago, this was a topic that was not readily discussed in our community. In fact, I read online that a time actually was, uh, was, um, it was recommended that an acronym be used. So a word like infertility would not be in your title that people would cite at that time. Things are a little bit different these days. I'm sure at this point you have helped thousands of couples. Would that be accurate to say that? Tens of thousands. Tens of thousands of couples. And you have a big event coming up, uh, the Shasathon, which we're going to be talking about. It's not the first time you're doing this. You've done it before. But first, we're going to start with the incredible hand-holding abilities that you and your staff have when a couple is going through a difficult and, again, I will say desperate situation. Um, it, 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 it is almost impossible, and I'm glad I watched some of your videos last night because it reminded me, it is almost impossible to describe to Jewish parents who have children, right? If they are parents, they have children. The pain that a young or even older than young couple is going through if they have never had a child. You've seen it a million times up close and personal. How could you describe to us what that pain is like? It's, it's an inner pain. You, you find it by Chana says, Chana with the Beir Saliba, that it's, it's even Eli, who was the leader of Claudius at that time, couldn't see, that, couldn't understand the pain that Chana was dealing with. Because, and any other issue that uh, people deal with, in sickness or in any other, uh, other, 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 other things they have to deal with, is you see it on them. It's a physical, it's usually a physical thing. It affects them physically. The family is involved. People around them are involved. And we hear by this, in regard to infertility, it's something that outside, you would, even, you would never even know right. what's going on. Uh, you're describing the loneliness of it. It's a tremendous loneliness, and it's interesting. I never even thought of making that point the way you just made it. Um, anytime anyone, generally speaking, obviously everybody, whenever someone is encountering an illness, especially a long-term illness or something that's a serious illness, let's put it that way, most often family members come together to be by their side, sometimes not physically, but you get my point, and are in touch with them on a constant basis and are visiting them on a constant basis and are giving them encouragement as much as possible on a constant basis. In this type of situation, I don't know if I could say generally, that wouldn't be fair to certain families, but very often that does not happen. It's, it's, it's almost, 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 almost never. Almost never. And they're going through this alone. And, you know, it's interesting because if you think of the, and, and anybody who's familiar with the procedures and the, and the testing, and the timing, and the lachats, the pressure that is on so many of these young couples. Uh, if you're at all familiar with it, I know it's unfair to those who, God forbid, have you know life-altering diseases to compare, but if, but if you're just talking about the regimen that they have to go through, there is a comparison there, wouldn't you say? 100%. I'll share a small little uh, story that happened a couple of years ago. There was, it was a time, a summertime, and people were in the country, and it was the grandfather was having the 50th anniversary of grandmother and grandfather, and they were making a Shabbos for all the couples, for all the family, all the Einiklach, the whole, the whole, the whole Children and grandchildren. Everybody to come together. Mm-hmm. And there was one couple over there that uh, they divided up each one, what they have to bring. Someone should bring the fish, someone should bring the, the challenge, someone should bring the meat. And this couple had to, that didn't have any children, one of the grandchildren, they should bring the Shalashudas. They're driving up to the to the country, 
and they get a call from the doctors that were middle of an IVF cycle. They get a call from the doctor. You have to be hospital. You have to be right in Manhattan for get, Shabbos. Get here now, right? You have to be. You have to right. be over Shabbos. You right. have to be in Manhattan. Right. The whole family is going to be there. They're going to be missing. So they called their fathers. They called their, their, their father and mother, and they told them, "Listen, I was stuck in the middle of the way. We had. A, we don't know where to go. We don't know if we get there on time. No, tell me where you are. We'll send somebody out to to, to get you." He waited a little bit of a while. Came up with another reason that he's gonna. He has Turn a flat tire, whatever. Right. He saw every single answer that he was given wasn't wasn't being accepted. He just shut his phone. He turned around. He, he he notified us that we have we, we have one of our services that we have is somebody has to be in Manhattan for Shabbos. Right. We pay for the hotel and we send out all the food for Shabbos so right. they, they can be there. And he drove up to the hospital and he was there for Shabbos. Most of Shabbos, he gets a call from his parents saying how we embarrassed the whole family. How he should have been, he doesn't have any children, he should have been the first one over there because everybody else has so many things to do, and he should really want to, get, to greet everyone to be there. And he, not only he didn't wasn't there at the beginning, and because you're going through such a problem, you can't be between people. And the aunts and uncles didn't want to talk to him for four weeks. He didn't even talk to him. But he was thinking the whole time, the IVF cycle is going to be successful, Mir Hashem. And in a few weeks from now, he'll be able to tell everybody good that news. the good news. But unfortunately, the IVF cycle wasn't successful, and the parent, the parents, and the family have no idea why he wasn't there. And this is just a small story of the things that happen to these couples on a daily basis, all because they act normal, walk normal, try to interact with everybody, and life continues with other people, and people just don't realize what these couples are going through. And the organization, at time, is is there to help them. In the medical way, in the in the in in in, in support systems, and in making sure that everything is run that they, everything is run correctly and everything is done correctly, that they should be able to meet Hashem. And when you say correctly, you mean medically and Jewishly, a lot halachically and, and medically, of course. Rabbi yes. Shaul Rosen is here, founder of a time. The video I saw last night, uh, the last video I watched was um, somebody who I think spoke at last year's Shasathon, if I'm not mistaken. Who now lives in California? Yes, yes, Ellie Dixian. What a speaker! Yes, what a speaker! I'd love. To, I was so curious to know if he was using notes or not. But that's a separate issue. <laughs> that's just my obsession with the way people speak publicly. Um, he described some Torah. and now everybody who's listening to this is now you know closing their eyes and and you know feeling horrible for these couples on an occasion like Simchas Torah. Simchas Torah is Simchas Torah, as he said. What Jewish man, and of course women as well, but you get my point. When you're in yeshiva, Simchas Torah is one of the highlights of the year. It's like it's one of the greatest days of the year. And now you're seeing all your colleagues and friends with their children and their children getting alias, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and the dancing, et cetera. And, you know, as he describes it, there's a limit to how many times people have to invite him to be a kvater. And there's a limit to how many times he has to be offered kol anarim. And there's a limit to this and a limit to that. And that's only... Simchas Torah one day. Imagine every Shabbos, every Friday night, every Shabbos table, visiting others, you know, for a Shabbos meal. Yontif, obviously. I mean, who who know you know what, what you know what, what's Pesach like, what's Purim like, etc. I mean, multiply it by a million in your head, and you see what they're going through at this point. For a lot of a lot of these couples, Yontif 
as you were talking, yeah. just saying, as Yantav, when Yantav comes around, is, is a happy time. It's, a, it's family time. For them, it's the hardest time. They want to be happy on Yantav as well. But it's one of the hardest parts of, the, of their life because everything's surrounding around family. They have the younger sister got married and they're coming with the baby and they can't not look at the baby because if they don't look at the baby, then, oh, everyone's looking at them. Why are you not looking at the baby? Right. So everything is, is every, everything is surrounded of who they are, what they are, how they're thinking, what they're thinking. And it's a very hard, hard, hard medium to find the right balance. Yeah. And that's where our time comes in. And a lot of these, a lot of these instances, besides the vast medical information, but just the chizik, just holding their hand and making sure that, telling them again and again, no, it's normal. It's normal to think that way. I heard a tremendous idea from Fisher Shechter. He says, "Tzoras Rab Mechotzi Nechama," that if somebody says it, it, it should, it should be. We say misery loves company, yeah. but you're saying it's chatzin nechama. It's chatzin nechama. It's, it's, it's half the, a comfort. But the question is, it's not the Jewish way to think. Right. Jewish way is that because somebody else has a problem, automatically it's better for me. What 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 means chatzin right. nechama? So he said it. He said it. He said very good. He said that means say is when I'm going through a problem. There's two problems. I'm dealing with the problem, and also I don't know how to deal with the problem. Right. When I see somebody else also doesn't know how to deal with the problem, I say, okay, that's part of the problem. Okay, I don't have to. I, I, I'm, I'm worrying about every single step that I'm taking, but that that comes with that comes with the territory that that I'm in. So automatically, half of my problem the, it disappears, and that's why the, the 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 support groups that we have are are so are so are, are so large. How many areas of the globe have support groups? Is it is it it's, endless? It's, it's endless. We have support with two three support groups every single night on different type of topics for and for in different, different areas different, of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the time has now become international. Yeah, we just had two events now in, in Texas. We just have, uh, we have for young Jewish couples who are couples. experiencing infertility. Yes. What is it a proper question for me to ask? What the success rate is, or is that not a uh, Hashem? The success rate is is a, is a very high rate. Hashem. High meaning over ninety percent, or yes, over ninety percent, over ninety percent. Where would these nine out of ten couples be without you? And without all these medical uh, advancements, it would it would it would be a, a lonely road. I, I was down that road. That's what we opened the time. I didn't have kids for five years, and we. And for some people listening, will say five years not such a long time. When you don't have kids, it's a long time. It's, it's, Especially it's, as everyone's anticipating when are they going to give us news already? It's you know? Twelve months times twelve. Right. Twelve times five. Twelve times five. Right. It's, it's and it goes very slowly. It goes very slowly. Unbelievable. Especially when you have siblings getting married right. with you. Unbelievable. Um, the the Shasathon event has essentially become a fundraiser for a time, correct? That's correct. And what year is this now for the Shasathon? No, seven. Why did you choose Shas? There are people who choose auctions. There are people who choose concerts. There are people who choose mailings. Why did you choose Shas to be the fundraiser for a time? So this is the brainstorm of uh, somebody that works in a time. Um, seven years ago, seven. He, he's involved in time for longer than seven right. years. But I'm saying he came but up with it then. He he was listening to J Root. Okay. And uh, he heard the story repeated in the name of Rabbi Vozna mm-hmm. in regard to Rami Shapiro. And uh, the story is that Rami Shapiro was before his birthday, one year, and the Bachram came over to Rami Shapiro and asked him what they can do for his birthday what can they make it a special, make it a special day for his birthday so he said if they put away the sedorum 
from the from the from from learning on, on the day of his birthday. It was there was about two hundred something bacharim in the yeshiva at that time, and they split up shas between all the bacharim, uh-huh. and they finished shas and that one day that would be the biggest uh, biggest birthday present, and they split up shas between the bacharim, and it came in the middle of the day. Certain bacharim had the easier uh, slots, someone had the the, the hardest slots, and one that <laughs> had the easier easier ones yeah. had finished earlier. Yeah. They started going over to the bacharim that had the hardest slots and started making changing interchanging the blood. Nimstam became a whole tumult in Bismadish, and Amayi Shapiro started getting extremely excited. He liked the unity. He went upstairs, and he put on his kapota and his and, and, and his padik, and he was, he was they say, Amayi repeats that he was on such a high from it. But that Siyam Hashas, he said, the, the famous fa- famous line from him, that the last Masechta is Masechta Snida, right. and the last Perik is, is, is Tanoikis. So he said, Hashem should be mahados to bring children. And take away this new nod that we don't find our place. He should, he should, he should remove from us. It was the time when he heard the story, it was the same time that Chai Leifun was starting the Baikathon the, 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 the go, the, to really, to really uh, raise funds in that way. And he figured, you know what, let me put these two things together. Shasatan. <laughs> And this happens when? What date is this going to happen? It's going to be on next week's from Sunday a week. And uh, so a week from Sunday, and it literally it's the same way. Everyone gets together, yeah. and they how many people are involved? There's about there's 291 slots. Almost everybody has chabruses, so it's about 580 people. And those 580 will complete shots in one day. Everyone gets their slots four months in advance. Right, and it works the same way as any online sponsorship for a bikeathon yes, or anything same, else same same idea it's the same thing and you could search shasathon and sponsor a learner sponsor yeah. someone who's studying alignment you can sponsor a masechti you can right. sponsor a blot right and this happens on february, february the 16th. 16th we open we open the where does this happen this uh, the ocean place in, in brooklyn in new jersey oh in, new jersey in, in deal in the, uh, oh, uh, nice. by long branch right in the ocean place, they have two huge halls. One right. hall is for set up for the learning. The other hall is set up for the for the CMHS. And that dinner I saw on video is at the end of that. Out of that, that, that that's that, what happens see. at the end of the day. And you have a special speaker. We have a special that. speaker. We have uh, we have music. We make it a, 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 a proper a real proper celebration. CM. But I, I want to just uh, uh, say that it's not just the money that's raised. A time has a budget over five and a half million dollars today, with all the medical research and everything that we're doing. And we have 73 employees that work for us on a full-time basis. And the, the, the couples, when they, as we were talking at the beginning, most people don't know how to help these couples. Right. Like one of, one, one, of our, one of our couples that's a limit told me that people used to come over to him and say, this idea, maybe try this, maybe try that. Now if they want to help him, they just donate to his page. Right. So it says it's a relief for him that he doesn't have to hear from people different advice that usually they don't even know what they're talking about. Right. But in this way, they feel they're doing something. They're helping him out. And for each couple, each dollar that comes in, we just had a Shabbaton this past weekend. We had 230 couples at, at the Shabbos. Who now have children or no, not? No, no. All, 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 all 230 all, 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 do not. There are 230 couples in our greater community of this area that came to a Shabbaton because they do not yet have children. There's only only 230 showed up. For each couple that shows that shows up, there's about 20 that don't show up. You're telling me there's 5,000 couples in our community. In our, in our community between between New Jersey yeah. and New York and all of it, definitely. 
we field we field about about uh, six hundred phone calls a day. I interrupted you. You were saying so. These couples are at so the Shabbaton. These, cu- these couples at Shabbaton were, come, were, were telling me that they wanted to make sure that I realized that it's not just the 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 learning that they feel is a schus for them, but it's a chizy for the for the last four months. Every time they see more money coming in, they say, "Oh, another person's thinking of us." Another person is thinking of us, and every person that all donates to anybody, all chaverim, and especially when they see people that give that that is, if you go on the on the Shasam page of certain people that raise sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars, and they see these people reaching out to companies, reaching out, and they see it's not it's not just a yochad that feels for me. It's people that really understand what we're dealing with, what we what what we're going through. It's a tremendous chizik that that there's no way. To ex- explain it, to, uh, to, 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 to give a person the chizik that they're getting just by watching how how thing how things are 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 out there to help them. Rabbi Shaul Rosen is here from a time, and I would bet, just based on my experience of those who've asked me over the years to sponsor the Shasathon, I would bet you're going to have Hasidic people there. You're going to have people from Teaneck in the five towns there. And you're going to have everybody in between there. Am I right about that? That is correct. We have from uh, Kippus Raga. Till uh, the, ult- ult- the ultimate yeah. with the with the, with the black socks and the, and the, and the, and the, and and every, every every type and everybody sits together learns together the achtes when you walk into that room by by learning and you you see balabatim that that are sitting and learning giving away the whole Sunday for seven hours there's a break for lunch in the middle but it's basically seven hours straight just sitting and learning and not le- learning ten blot in the seven hours, and all doing it for somebody that doesn't have any children. It's it's such an atmosphere. It's it's them all combined in one because it's learning, it's the davening for the couples. Everyone, every every Lamed gets a list of couples to have in mind why they're learning. And it's also the Gemil Chasudim of raising the funds. So it's it's all three pillars of Claudius Yisroh in one, in one room. Do you have people moment. who've been at all seven? Yes, we have about 50, 50 people that were that were there since who treated like a yarig valyaber. Yeah, they can't miss it. We had we had certain people that found out that the shasatan is coming out on the day that they're making a wedding, and they pushed off the wedding. We have we have this year. We that's have. that's a good schooler, by the way. That's a good schooler for grandchildren. <laughs> yes, definitely. If you postpone the wedding because it's Shasadad, you have Mir Tzadshem, you have a good chance of having grandchildren. We had the last <laughs> we had last year a chassan that came the night before his wedding. He was there a whole day sitting and learning, getting and married. Next, the and the next the next day got married. Uh, of everything we've discussed, and we could go through every detail because there's so many astounding details you gave us this morning. The fact that the number of couples is in the thousands just in this area of the country, to me, is unbelievable. A lot of pain out there. We have to be very sensitive. I know that this is not exactly our topic because we're we're focused more on what the organization does. But as a community, we have to be so aware and so sensitive what people are going through. Uh, don't, always, don't always assume that you know what is going on in their private lives. Assume that they want to have children and that they can't. And that will be a much better way of approaching things. It's it's very important that people shouldn't avoid these couples. They should invite them to every simcha that they have, and they should invite them to everything. The only thing is, don't put pressure on them. Right. Understand, you did your job. You invited them. Let let them make the decision if they feel it's the right time for them or it's not the right time for them. Right. And also, I would bet, after again I heard that speech, I would bet there is a a proper, dignified, and welcome way 
to ask someone if they want to be a kvater compared to shouting in the street, you know, it's referring to someone as if their name was kvater. There's, there's always, uh, everything is, uh, always depends on how it's said. Right. But the truth... And giving them the option, say to them privately, you know, it's up to you, you know, just don't, I don't want to let the opportunity pass by if you want to do it, you know, that type of thing. But the true scholar that's brought down uh, on Svarim uh, for having children is Sandik. So right. let me see they give them Sandik. Not a joke, by the way. Are they willing? Is, is a friend? Are they, are they really? Is a friend re- willing, willing to, to give, give up? Give up? Give, give them a Sunday because that's the true skill that's brought down in the in, in the in the uh, Information about all of this. First of all, there is a Shasathon page. Rabbi Rosen, to his credit, is really not here to ask for donations. Thank God the Shasathon is doing very well. But it would be wrong of me not to give everyone an opportunity to support one of the Lomdim, one of those who are studying Talmud on the 16th of February in honor of those who are trying to have children. So again, shasathon.org, shasathon.org, all the information is there. And of course, there's an entire list of those who are going to be there and you could sponsor any of them in order to support the organization. Plus, I would assume, especially based on the numbers Rabbi Rosen just told us, that there are people out there who would like to get in touch with the time and know that there's an organization out there who's ready with every type of service imaginable. I went through the services you provide. It's not just the medical. It is way beyond that. Uh, there are many ways that you suggest for people to expand their family. I'm going to say it that way. And and people should go study the website, atime.org, literally A-T-I-M-E.org. The phone number is 718-686-8912, 718-686-8912. If you know somebody who, um, who, who might be in a situation like this in a very respectful, careful manner, let them be aware of the fact or let their relatives be aware of the fact or those who are close to them be aware of the fact that this service and all these services are available from a time. 718-686-8912. Go to the Shasathon site at shasathon.org and you can uh, support the organization. Rabbi Rosen, anything else you'd like to add to this conversation after you've bowled us over this morning with what a segment of our community is going through? You know, when I was single... A, it came time for Yuntif and a uh, sibling of mine, I, I got married and I was almost, you know, in my late 20s. And so in my mid-20s, a sibling of mine said, Cholomite is going to be very lonely for you. And I said, what do you mean? Cholomite, why, why would it be lonely? And I remember Cholomite going, having a good time when I was a teenager. You know, you with your friends, you go do things. And they said, because half your friends are married and half your friends are going to be at work. You know, it's going to be, a, and, and sure enough, <laughs> you know, and so imagine multiplying that by a million when, you know, everyone's taking their family and having their kid, you know, pushing their kids on the swing and taking them to Hershey Park and you either, because you have no choice, either have to go to work or choose to because there's no family to go and to entertain and to have fun with during that uh, period of time. There are some couples that get together on Pesach and they would go away somewhere to go together. Right. To go just to... Uh, Good suggestion, actually. Just to, they, they just can't deal with yeah, it. I get it. I thank you. I thank you for having us. A pleasure. We'll we'll talk more about it. Time as we get closer to Shasathan, you're going to introduce us to certain people who can address some of these issues even better than you and I can. Definitely. Uh, so we'll do that next week. Bezrat Hashem here at JMM seven one eight six eight six eight nine one two a time dot org. More coming up as we wrap up a, uh, a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. <laughs>
Yitzchayim Hila Machazikim Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and AlchemySingle.com, and the AlchemySingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. What a show today, huh? What a show. We went from uh, the Israeli baseball team, Team Israel, to black Jewish relations with Nisan Black and Zachariah Levine. To Rabbi Rosen and the unbelievable work that a time is doing, and their big Shasathon is a week from Sunday. Just unbelievable. Uh, big, big Thursday coming up next. It's Unlocking Greatness with Charlie Harari, then Spin Class with Michael Fragan, and Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs. That's Live with Miriam Alwalek at 10.30 with Susie Fishbein, her special guest. Susie Fishbein is her special guest at 10.30 this morning. We will live lunch at 11 a.m. and bring everyone up to date on everything that's going on. Have a fabulous Thursday. Until tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.